Hey Cones, welcome back. Always be booked. Top of the show. As usual, we want to give a shout out to our Instagram page, which is always be booked. Please follow us. We need more followers on Instagram. Would you help us out? Tell a friend to help us out. If you're already following us, let them know what they're missing out there. We're getting some uh, good cruise action lately. We have some real live on the scene pictures and stuff like that. So please don't hesitate to let your friends know about always be booked on Instagram. Also, we have the email address, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Your emails have become a little bit of a lifeblood of the show, and people seem to love it. You guys seem to love it. So let's keep the emails coming. Tommy at alwaysbebooked, as usual, like I say, for any corrections, comments, concerns, questions that you might have regarding cruising, share your stories, share your uh, escapades for lack of a better term, at C, at uh, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. If you don't mind, uh, please subscribe on uh, iTunes. You could find us always on, uh, you know, we could you could find us on uh, Spotify. You could find us on uh, Stitcher. You could find us on iTunes. But if you don't mind going on iTunes, if you can rate, review, and uh, most importantly, share the podcast with somebody else. Also, we have a lounge, ladies and gentlemen. Matter of fact, it's an ultra lounge, the Always Be Booked Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook. It's a group. It's a fun group making a nice little push lately. I'm happy that we have some new members joining the crowd. So please don't hesitate to uh, tell your friends about that as well. The Always Be Booked Cruisers Ultra Lounge. And guys, the Patreon. That's right. The controversial Patreon account. Some say I should do it. Some say I'm selling out. Some say whatever. I don't give a shit. What we got to do with the Patreon is put ourselves in a position where, like I said, you know what? This is the only job in town right now. And, uh, you know, I don't want you to sign up for Patreon. Let me repeat that again. I don't want you to sign up if you don't feel like you have the means or if you don't feel it's worth the extra show value. You know what I mean? You do have this is the cast. This is the official cast. It is free. It will always be free. But you know I'm an upstart here and you know I'm trying to... uh, Get by on these expenses. This is not free to put out to you guys, despite what anybody might think. It's not free by any stretch of the imagination. Other podcasters will tell you that, especially when you accumulate a body of work. It's more bandwidth. So, you know, that's why we, uh, I guess we're uh, throwing the proverbial change bucket around to see if somebody wants to contribute, if you'd like to. And if you are into getting an extra episode a week, uh Hit us up, Patreon, uh, P-A-T-R-E-O-N slash always be booked. And if you donate five bucks per month, that is a dollar, I don't know what, dollar fifteen, dollar twenty a week. And uh, you will get another episode every week and you will have the peace of mind knowing that you're helping the little podcast that good. If you'd rather not, forget the last 30 seconds and just don't do it. There's no reason to be upset about it, right? Just don't do it. That's all. That's all I'm trying to say. All right, let's start the show. Hey, yo, all aboard and welcome. It's about to be on. Grab a couple of cones because we about to be gone to the Caribbean. Seven days and eight nights. Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light. Yeah, we always be booked. We got our drinks in the sky. From New York City to the USBI. Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up. Because we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump. Finding pockets on the Lido. She ain't got to be a tent because we did the things and we'll do them again. Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out because we got the drink back. And we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the police from yeah. 
Gordon. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruisecast Show, coming at you not quite live from Palm Beach County. You know, I almost just said it right there. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you know, we are in the middle of Cruza-Palooza here, or, you know, I guess just out of it, you might say. And uh, here we are, still in Palm Beach County, still going strong, man. I really, really do love it down here. Uh, excited about bringing you more stuff, bringing you more content, and that's the goal. That's what we're going to do here. I want to give a big shout-out to Beatrix. Beatrix is in Fort Lauderdale looking for those cruising ducks. She loves the cruising ducks. If you had any information about cruising ducks, shoot them over to Beatrix uh, in the Always Be About the Cruise. I'm just kidding. She hates them. Don't do it. All right, all right, all right. Let's file this one under You Can't Really Write It. If you go back, you may remember we were trying to figure out what cruise we were going to go on. A Horizon that was on September 22nd, or we were thinking about a Norwegian cruise. Uh, it was with a group of people. There were pro- pros and cons to both. Some people were coming going on one. Some people were for one. Some people were for the other one. Uh, Stu ended up staying with the old old school crew that we were on the last uh, escape Norwegian escape cruise with. And he was going to go on the Horizon, the 22nd. That's the cruise that worked out better for him. Because of timing and moving and money and because of uh, engagements that I had and because of the ship that I desired and this and that. Myself, Chris, Nicole, uh, we're going to go on the, 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 I think it was the Getaway. The Getaway cruise that was going to, oh, the itinerary too because it was St. Thomas. So no hard feelings, we were just going to switch crews. And my friend Mike was also going to go on that cruise with Stu as well, my friend Mike from uh, back home, way back home. So that's where it was. Uh, now with me moving and everything, things kind of got screwed up. Now Stu was staying on that cruise, but our little cruise on the breakaway kind of broke up a little bit because of, uh, I guess, timing. It was diff- It was Booking timing was different for each one of us. And then with me moving, it got a little dicey. And it just never ended up getting booked and never materialized. Uh, and that was it. So we were not booked for a while. Uh, fast forward, now I know I'm moving. I know what my budgeting is. I know what everything's going on. I know I'm not working the minute I get here. So I booked a cruise to Cuba on the Norwegian Sky. I figured it was a quick little getaway. I dragged my friends on that live down here. And we would jump on it and have a good couple of four days. And then boom, back to reality. And that was going to be for the 10th. Even though I was moving on the 1st, of September. This cruise was on the 10th of September, so we had a little time in between, maybe whatever, look for a job, whatever this and that. Then I got the email of the Harmony of the Seas, <laughs> the cruise to, you know, the, 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 the free cruise that I went on with Beatrix. So I was like, okay, why not? That's a free cruise. Of course, it's never free. Got to pay a couple of dollars, but you know, room charges, taxes, this and that, and our onboard expenses. But uh, a free cruise on the Harmony of the Seas is out of control to Jamaica, the Cozumel, and, uh, you know, the other one, Labadee. So I had to take that. So now it's like I've set myself up. I paid for one very cheap cruise. I got a free cruise on Harmony. And then, okay, now it's cruising. I'm feeling a little selfish. I'm feeling a little gluttonous. But this is it, and this is what we're doing here. So this is this is the plan. So with that said, we go on those cruises. I go on them, and I come back from them, and I'm feeling all like, okay, all cruised out, this and that. And then I realized... I am not booked, right? So going with the mantra, always be booked, I am thinking I'm feeling carnival because it's been a little while for carnival and I come home and I'm like, all right, let's look at March cruises. Of course, I open up the carnival website and I'm hit right in the mouth with, you have a casino deal. And I'm like, all right, yeah, there's a lot of casino deals. $50 on board credit if you spend $1,000, you know, things like that. Nothing's going to blow you away. That's what you expect. Then I open it up to see. This is a... 
is this right? Am I what I'm looking at? Is it right? Is it correct? I see that I am looking straight into a $150 cruise on the horizon on the cruise that we originally were going to go on with Stu or were thinking about going on with Stu and the other crew. And it shows $150 per person, eight-day Southern Caribbean, Aruba, Curacao, uh, Dominican Republic, and Grand Turk for $150. Yes, we know it's not $150 because you have to double that for the double occupancy, and then you have to add one-person uh, taxes and fees. Now, uh, this is four days out now, so I'm not going to freaking be able to find somebody to go four days out. What do you do? Well, what do you do? You book it. You book it right away, right? So that's what I did. I was like, I got to book this. When I got done booking it, you know, I live with the lovely Miss Kay. I went downstairs and it started weighing on me a little bit. You know what I mean? A few things. You know what I mean? I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. And spoiler alert, I called up and I canceled it. And, you know, no penalties. Everything got waived. And I know that's... um it's a disappointment for you. You think, you know, you think you're like, oh, it's a real disappointment for me. Uh, why? I'll give you the reasons why I canceled it. A, just gluttony. You know what I mean? Just, it's just a sin. It just felt sinful to just be out there. You know how people, and I don't give a shit, but you know how, I, I guess I do, as a matter of fact, but you know how people just hate on you? You know, people just don't like, I know I have a friend that goes on a lot of vacations and, uh, you know, he's got the means to. It doesn't appear that he has the means to, but somehow he does. I don't know how he gets the time off or the money to be able to do this, but he does it. And like all of our circle of friends or quote-unquote friends or coworkers, which is a pretty big circle, they're like, do you believe this guy is going on another one? He's doing it again. He's away again. What the hell? How? And then they're commenting on it even publicly. Oh, it must be nice. I realize people people don't like when people are enjoying themselves. And you know what? I, I do get it a little bit. I was having this conversation with Beatrix, and I'm saying I get it. I get what people, you know, you everybody would love to be able to just live a life of vacation and be away all the time and just travel to exotic destinations all the time. Uh, so, you know what? That might naturally be a little bit of a hate. I, I guess there's a piece of me that feels it when somebody's doing something that I'd rather be doing, but then you kind of quickly chase it away like, hey, man, let them have a good time, right? That's the way I look at it. So, But it's still, when I look internally on it, it's like, dude, come on. You just left New York City. Now you're living in paradise, and then you went on two cruises into paradise, and then now you got this, and you're going on, you're going to paradise again? I mean, uh, it's just... Who who are you? Who do you think you are? You know what I mean? You're not that guy. You're not Mr. Whatever. So I, I, I that's one of the reasons. Uh, the other reason, I have to get life started. I just have to get my life started. You guys know about that. I told you about that. We got to eventually get going down here. And I was excited to come back on land and to get this thing going and whatever other part-time gigs I could pull together and start getting into the rhythm of life. And that's what I was excited about. So that's another reason why I canceled. Um, I do have a social responsibility. A really, really good friend of mine has a has a daughter now and she's having a birthday party and this birthday party is important to us to her not that it's the end all and be all not like she's going to divorce me as a friend if I don't end up going to this thing but you know what sometimes you feel like you know what you want to be there for for certain things Um, the other thing is when you go on cruises say what you want you know what you're not going to drink you're not going to eat whatever I've been going I've been away I've been eating and drinking as you do when you're on a cruise do I need to do that do I need to tax myself and do it again um the other the other reason another reason is 
Is there a such thing as too much cruising? For me, the answer is ultimately no. But at the same time, this is going to be, and guys, listen, please, I'm not a man of means. I'm not going to come up with a, I'm not, I'm, I guess I'm a little spoiled right now because of this stuff, but I'm not born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I've battled for a long time to get wherever I've been. Um, but is there a such thing as too much cruising? right? Cruising is something that I want to be excited about. Cruising is like that, you know, I like the twice a year cruise where every six months you're gearing up and you're all pumped up and, you know, cruise the night before cruising is like Christmas Eve and you're all pumped up. Now, this is going to be my fifth cruise of the year. You know, I'm pumped. I would be pumped to go on another cruise, but uh, is it is it really what I need to be doing right now? Uh, is it really, is, is cruising too much take a little bit of the luster out of it when it comes to be enjoying yourself? No, but the pure bliss that comes with knowing that you got a single digit cruise countdown, I don't want to wreck that. You know what I'm saying? And the last reason is pricing in general. It looks, they show you that bargain basement price, $150 a person. You're like, are you stupid? Of course you got to go. But when you double it, then it on the taxes, then on the drink package, if you're going to go. Really, I mean, you could not get the drink package, but if everybody else, there's 11 other people that will go, like, that are that are like on this with us, and uh, you know, you're not going to get the package, and you're going to be the only one that's not getting the drink package, yeah, you could say you're not going to be disciplined, be strong. Uh, you could also be realistic. <laughs> I'm probably getting if I if I if I if I were gonna go, I'm probably getting that drink package. You know what I mean? So for those reasons, I did cancel it. I'm not happy that I canceled it. I'm not. Uh, I'm sick to my stomach that I canceled it. But nevertheless, I did cancel it. I'm okay with my decision, and I'm ready to get this party started down here. Um, uh, so what else is going on? So, you know, part of doing this full time, I've broke it down into a few things. I broke it down into the travel agency, uh, I guess, what would you call it? Marketing. I've broken it down to the always be booked as a media, whether it's video, whether it's audio. And uh, I'm already what I'm also trying to do for an hour a day is make sure that I create some time and some space for some, you might want to call it self-education, uh, self-improvement, and just kind of like overall just work on my own work ethic and, and what I'm doing and, uh, you know, where I'm going. And, and I'm just going to try to consume maybe half hour, hour of that material every day. And, uh, you know, I saw something today that I'm going to share with you guys. It's not a, it's real quick. It's not like, listen, guys. This ain't never going to be you. You see all those people who call themselves entrepreneurs and they went out there and they started making millions. But what they really made the most money off of is convincing you that they're millionaires and telling you how to be a millionaire. And when you try to get to the bottom of what they actually accomplished, what they really accomplished was telling you how to be a millionaire. And that's, you know, God bless them because that's a thing that they did and they got millions off doing that. But really... You know, they didn't really do a whole lot more than that. Uh, So this is never going to be a self-help, you know what I mean, channel or anything like that. But what could it hurt? I looked at it. If I learn anything cool or see anything cool, I'm going to pass it along to you as well. And what I saw this morning was the main factors that contribute to uh, what what is that book? The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I don't know if that crosses over from this. I heard of that. But this was just a simple email. 
that I saw, and it was just basically saying the things that successful people have and motivated and, and people who win in life and are successful have. And they list, what is it, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight things they got right here. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll list them for you and maybe talk a little bit about them. The first one is motivation, and motivation makes sense because I think you can kind of uh, – <sighs> You can kind of uh, uh, you can kind of compare that to persistence because if you if you guys ever see that McDonald's movie with Michael Keaton, what's it called? Uh, I forgot what it's called, but it's a movie about McDonald's with Michael Keaton. And uh, yeah, that guy is pretty much a scumbag, but it kind of proves that a lot of people who are in that position end up being a little bit of a little scumbagish because. You know, it takes a certain type of person and a certain type of mentality to kind of go after that stuff. And, you know, a little bit of morality or a little bit of, I guess, humanity may fall by the wayside when you're going after that type of stuff. But motivation and persistence, and not what the guy said, he was listening to self-help tapes. And they would just have them on in the background. And what the background noise would say as far as the uh, motivational tapes were, persistence overcomes everything. It overcomes talent. It overcomes luck. It overcomes looks. It overcomes um, you know, education. It overcomes every single thing, uh, persistence. Because if you just don't give up, it's eventually going to happen. And that's probably uh, right in tune with motivation with what they say as well. Uh, the second one is creativity. Uh, clearly, you have to be creative. You have to be able to think outside the box. You have to be able to come up with things. You have to have an eye for looking at things and taking a look at things from a different angle than the average person would. Uh, the third one is persuasiveness. I guess that would be the sales portion of it. You have to convince people to do things that they otherwise wouldn't do, uh, whether you're trying to sell something, whether you're trying to uh, get people to cooperate with you, whether you're trying to get a favor for somebody, whether you're trying to get an investment from somebody. You have to be convincing and persuasive, which kind of coincides with sales in general. You have to have a vision. You know what I mean? You have to be able to see almost like this is like almost like the chess thing. You know, you see the move ahead of you, but do you see three, four moves ahead of you? Can you see where the market's going? Can you see where the industry's going? Can you see the moves that are going to be on the horizon that other people don't see? Uh, versatility means that you have to be able to roll with the punches, especially in this social media world where Snap, Face, uh, chat, every Everything else is popping up left and right. Uh, you don't know which one's going to be next. And when something's going to be next, you have to be able to roll with the punches. I believe they call it pivot, pivot in the entrepreneurial or business in general world. Um, risk tolerance. I guess you have to also know, you know, when, you know, the whole dropping your balls thing. Are you able to go out on a limb and risk money, risk time, risk, uh, you know, other things that you might be doing? Step away from this and step into this and make the right decision, knowing full well that it is a risk and you could fall on your face. But at the same time, uh, uh, not too much good happens when you sit in your comfort zone. If you, what's the old adage? If you want to, um, what is it? If you the the sure the, the most the the best and surest way to get the same results is to do the same thing. You got to do different things if you want different results. Um, uh, flexibility. Hmm. You got me on that one because I don't know the difference between versatility and flexibility. What do you think they mean? Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. <laughs> Here's the one that I got the issue with. Decisiveness. I really got to figure this out, man. <clears throat> it's not, a, And I've been saying it to myself and saying it to other people for the last 
two years. It's not even so much making the wrong decision. The wrong decision isn't the worst thing you could do. No decision is the worst thing you can do and kind of be flip-flopping back and forth, whether it's cruising, whether it's jobs, whether it's whatever. I am fully aware that I need to improve this part of myself and I need to become more decisive. I need to live with my decisions, have the courage of my convictions and stand with what I what, what I decide. Um, and collaboration. You have to be able to work with other people. You got to get other people involved in what you do. You got to be sure that, you know, you, you can't just take everything on on your back. And, you know, there's a thing in my business, restaurant, bar, you know, thing. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. It's just a term we used in our business. I'm sure it's an, it's definitely in other business and all businesses is called store blinders. You know what I mean? I could walk into a store or restaurant bar and I could see what the problem is probably where the GM no dumber than me has been there for five years and probably doesn't see it. Sometimes it takes a fresh pair of eyes to come in and see what the problem is. Uh, and that's why you have to be perfectly willing to collaborate with others, accept outside opinions, uh, bring in partners. And you know what? Choose your battles. You know what I'm saying? Choose your battles. You, you know that if you're not going to die on the wall for a certain decision, give it up to other people. Give them, you know, if you have a partner that you're working with, give it, if, 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 if you think a certain way and you agree, you disagree with what he's saying or she is saying, but you're not hell-bent on it, give them a little because eventually there's going to be things that you want to go to the wall for or go to the mattresses for. And on that, you want to have the equity of being able to have uh, given them a little bit, you know, uh, giving them, a, giving them, say, hey, listen, we went your way on this, but this is something that's important to me. And that's it. So that's about it. Uh, wow. Wasn't expecting to necessarily spend that much time on the self-help portion, but uh, <laughs> I guess we got into it. I was really just going to list them, but I guess the commentary extended a little bit more, but that's about it for that. Let's get into the cruise news. All right, let's break out the crumpets, throw on our white gloves, and have some afternoon tea with Cunard. Have you guys ever had afternoon tea? Afternoon tea is like the biggest scam out there, isn't it? Have you guys seen it? It's like, oh, I, whenever I heard afternoon tea, let's have afternoon tea. I thought it was just really you're, you're drinking tea in the middle of the afternoon with white gloves. But reality is there's like some giant roast beef sandwiches, a bunch of scones, a bunch of candy, pastry, all that stuff. So, yeah, this afternoon tea is a big fat ass lunch is really what it is. I think, I think, unless I'm mistaken. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com, you British people. UK people, let me know if I'm uh, I'm making a mistake on that. Let me know if uh, the term, after, maybe I exaggerated, but let me know if the term afternoon tea is at all deceptive. Well, anyway, Cunard announced that some, uh, some interesting itinerary notes for 2020. That's right, yes. Always Be Booked is covering Cunard Cruise Line sailings in 2020. Um, I really did think some of these sailings were interested. Cunard is mostly known for the Queen Mary 2 Ocean Liner, which is just as much a means for transportation between two major cities as it is for pleasure cruising, but they are adding a bunch of ports of call, and they are now doing some overnights as well. So let's play our weekly game of having Tommy mispronounce names of cities and people. Uh, They are sending the Queen Elizabeth to new ports in Jakarta, Indonesia, Kushiro, Japan, Tokyo, Japan, and Ishigaki in Japan, and also Seaward in Alaska. So good news for that. They're going to uh, hit up some new ports. The, que- the ports, the Queen Victoria is hitting up uh, Bornholm, Denmark, uh, Rigaskitty in Ireland, 
There's a town in Ireland called Oringa Skitty, huh? All right. Well, here we go. And uh, Nordfjordgeo, Norway. Norway. In addition, the new ports, uh, Cunard is making a concerted effort to allow guests to spend more time in the ports by increasing the average time in each port to an average of 10 and a half hours. Um, this is going to include more than a dozen overnights, 19 late-night departures. Like I said, I know we don't cover Cunard that much, uh, let alone what they're doing in 2020, but I just feel like uh, I, I, I just this is a little bit against, not against, but you know their posh reputation is the onboard experience and the refined kind of uh, atmosphere that they put forth. Uh, I just feel like this is kind of cool. <clears throat> they're going to remain doing it that way, but it's good to see that they're going in the direction of being more about the ports of coal than they had been before. I wonder if the river cruising push has something to do with that. Probably not, Tommy, but you keep jumping to your imaginary conclusions all you'd like. So, staying outside of the big three, let's go into Holland, America a little bit, and the cruise line most known for great food and even better naps. Uh, they've woken the party up a little bit and committed itself recently to live music. Join their already popular Music Walk lineup on various ships, including themes like B.B. King's Blues Club, Billboard on, uh, Billboard on Board, I like that, Billboard on Board, and the link in center stage they're going to uh, unveil what's called the rolling stone rock room this space is going to feature live classic rock music which makes sense since that uh, it's probably one of the genres that that are, that are the genre of choice by the demographic that cruises on them you know the baby boomers uh, are getting a little bit older do you guys like classic rock uh, i don't know this is me you guys know i'm a music guy i could say this this is what i'll say I'm a music guy. I love music. I have a passion for music. <clears throat> and I could say classic rock is one of those genres that I don't love, but I respect the shit out of it. Like, I think rock, classic rock and early heavy metal, they put forth probably the most talent out of any musicians, I guess popular, quote unquote popular musicians from 1950 on. Because just listing some of those guitar players, like, do I love... Led Zeppelin, you know, there's some Led Zeppelin songs that actually touch my soul, but I am not in love with Led Zeppelin as a body of work. Um, but at the same time, Jimmy Page, I'll listen to him play the guitar all day. Uh, Black Sabbath, I'm not so into them, but just that band and the musicians, musicianship is just really something to behold. I hate Pink Floyd. Like you can't catch me listening to them. Rolling Stones, I like over the Beatles. We're just talking classic rock here. Not my best genre, not my favorite genre, but when I listen to it and you play it and you listen to the intricacies like a band like Rush, you know, you have some next level arrangements from a rock band, whereas like, you know what, these guys had to play their instruments. You know, the pop music today, we all know it's mostly computerized and it is what it is. I'm not knocking it, but I'm just saying, what do you guys think about classic rocks? Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com, some of your favorite songs, some of your favorite bands, some recommendations. Turn me on, get me into the classic rock a little bit. I don't, you know what I mean? The Doors, listen to them, you know they're on a whole bunch of drugs and I respect the sound and I respect the music, but I don't feel it per se. You know what I mean? A lot of people can be upset about that, but it is what it is. Uh, plus that baby boomer generation, you know, they're the 
they're they're the ones now with the disposable income, and uh, you know they're probably really really welcome a venue like this. We do have a quote from Holland America President and CEO Orlando Ashford. Quote. We are so excited to tap into Rolling Stone's incredible expertise to create a new live entertainment venue that will appeal to all of our guests. Innovative and authentic music experiences are at the heart of our entertainment offerings and is what distinguishes us in the industry. Classic rock appeals to people across generations because the music is universal and Rolling Stone Rock Room will bring another incredible live music venue to our ships, end quote. Uh, No word of yet as to whether or not Holland America will offer LSD in the main dining room. All right, so let's bring it back home. And by home, I mean the big three. And a little bit of older news, because we haven't done a news segment in a minute or two, Royal Caribbean has registered three cruise ship names to the U.S. Patent Trademark Office. Are you ready? You guys ready for the names of the potential, uh, should say potential names of the new ships? I always wonder the process, how these names are picked. Is it one guy? Is it girl? Is it a room full of guys and girls? Is it a list that you compile, compiled and one person picks three, of the, three off the list? Personally, I think they should let you, Cones, decide who, what the ship's names are. Who could possibly be a better source for what the cruising market wants than you guys, the always-be-booked Cruisers Lounge Cones? In fact, you're going to be hearing this after this is done, but I'm going to post something on Facebook right now saying that, uh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it out there and see who uh, see what you guys would think of a good name for cruise ships might be. Anyway, expect to hear from the expect to hear the following names of ships announced by Royal Caribbean, and they are the Phenom of the Seas, the Gallant of the Seas, or the Ion, not Icon, Ion of the Seas. I got to say that's a pretty eh class of names, no? Cones, I think you could do better. Let me hear what you got. Put it up on Facebook. Uh, you'll see the post up there. Let me know what you you think the perfect name for the ships are. Now, just because they have been trademarked does not mean that they will all definitely be picked to be used. Previously registered names by ships from Royal Caribbean uh, that remained on the cutting room floor are the Valhalla of the Seas. Valhalla of the Seas. Valhalla. Valhalla. The Sunrise of the Seas, that one I could say. The Icon of the Seas, not to be confused with the Ion of the Seas. The Apex of the Seas, that's high, that means real high. Uh, The Joy of the Seas and the Emblem of the Seas. Um, Yeah, so that's where we're at right now. Those None of of them gotten used, and you can kind of see why. You see right there, the Joy is already done by Norwegian. Sunrise is recently done by, uh, by Carnival. Uh, in their remodeling of the um, the Triumph, and uh, that's about it. So, um, let's move over to Carnival and the much enjoyed steakhouse at Carnival. Much enjoyed by me, at least. How about uh, the ribeye of the seas? Should we name something that Carnival has increased the price on the cover charge in the steakhouse by three dollars for adults and two dollars more for kids, raising that cost from thirty. From thirty-five for to thirty-eight for adults, and ten dollars to twelve dollars for children. And uh, when those children, the age cutoff is eleven, so it's eleven and under. Uh, they have they get to pay the smaller amount. Anything twelve and over, they got to pay the big bucks, thirty-five to thirty-eight. Um, it I don't know. The first time they're doing this, uh, they, this is the first time they're doing this in like five years. So you can't be too mad at them for that. It's way better than raising things across the board, sixty-five cents or more every three months or so, like some cruise lines do. Uh, also, backed by popular demand, will be you guessed it, the cheesecake. 
Recently, Carnival tried to get ultra fancy in the steakhouse with their desserts, and while it seems to be popular, guests did not like the fact that it came at the expense of the very popular cheesecake option they had been uh, that had been a staple for years. Uh, congratulations, Cones, on that. You spoke and they listened. Cheesecake is back. Um, the cover charge, if you want a breakdown of what you get, the cover charge does include an appetizer, a salad, an entree with a choice of sauces, a selection of a side dish, and a dessert or cheese plate plus coffee and tea. Now, I'm sure you could probably, you know, for a minimal price, upcharge all that, but for the base cost, I mean, that's good enough. Even for me, a slob like me, you know what I mean? Maybe I might have to grab a couple of wings from the buffet first, but that'll fill me up. You know why? You know, ever realize that? The course, the course systems, like if you go to the buffet and you just slop down a bunch of freaking food onto a plate, uh, you mow through it, and then you probably want another one right after that. But when you sit down and they course it out, for some reason, it gets to your stomach and your stomach tells your brain that you're full a little bit earlier. Um, what do you guys think about that? Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. All right. So we spoke about this on Patreon, but we got to cover it over here, too. Did you guys hear about this crew member who had to have his arm amputated because of malpractice by a young doctor on the Norwegian breakaway? Yeah. So this is about a waiter named Alia Alia Lankar who had developed flu-like symptoms and decided to go down and have it checked out by the doctor on board. Little did he know that the doctor, whose name is Sebastian Camposano, was as green as the clear waters of Cokey Beach in St. Thomas. He was described as a young and inexperienced doctor, but he was the only doctor on the ship. Supposedly, this should have been a very, very routine visit. Instead, it ended up being a nightmare. Excuse me. Apparently, uh... Capuzano administered a huge dose of the antihistamine promethazine that triggered an intense reaction that led to ha- uh, to his arm having to uh, I'm sorry led to his arm turning a very dark blue. The arteries and the capillaries uh, were being blocked, and the gangrene actually started to set in on the spot. Apparently, the drug is supposed to be shot into the buttocks, not directly into the arm. And as we said, the dose was way over what would have been considered appropriate. So. It looks like this was a little bit of the perfect storm. You had the wrong drug applied to it to the wrong area with the wrong dosage. Even when he was administering the shot, Lankar told him that it was burning and it didn't feel right, but the inexperienced Capuzano continued with his injection. Before you know it, there was swelling, internal bleeding, and by the time uh, he was able to reach a hospital a few days later, gangrene had set in aggressively, and the doctors on land said the arm would have to be removed at the elbow. So, by the decision of the South Florida arbitration judge, uh, Ilya Lankar was awarded $3.34 million. I don't know about you guys. Or how this arbitration process works or how it took place. But I think $3.4 million is nowhere near enough to lose your arm. I mean, these crew members, I know they work for peanuts compared to what they should be making if they worked on land. But do you have to do that too? Do you have to award them a, co- <laughs> a very nominal fee as well? Just because is it does it have to be in direct proportion to the salary that they make? Sky, for an arm... An arm for three million? You tell me right now, right? Tommy always be booked.com or hit me up on the Facebook. Would you give up your arm for three million dollars? Hell no. That's pretty much it for the cruise news. Let's get into the main topic for the show. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, and we're back. All right, so I want to bring this up. This has nothing to do with cruising. Little little music slash pop culture thing. Uh, something I'm way, way too old to give a crap about, but for some reason here I sit giving a crap about it. Uh, you guys fans of Eminem the rapper? <laughs> oh, man. He's, he's in a battle right now. He's a 46-year-old man or whatever he is. He's battling like this 28-year-old guy named Machine Gun Kelly. And this is fascinating to me. I guess, you know, they say these things are totally manufactured anyway, but whatever. Eminem, white guy. Machine Gun Kelly, another white guy. But Eminem, for some reason, has been the white guy who has gotten, you know what I mean, what has the kids call them, props by all the real hardcore MCs and has a place in history uh, looked at by everybody as kind of like, you know, he's he's a top five. He's in most people's top five. Me personally, I don't love Eminem. Early Eminem, I thought was really good. I, I, I liked it. But uh, lately... While he's lyrically grown skill-wise and just, I mean, if you listen to him and you don't even know, like, uh, you know, if you just, if, you, if you're a vocal rhyming acrobatics and being able to rhyme, yes, he can literally probably tell a whole story and rhyme every word, but he's kind of doing it a lot of times to me for the sake of rhyming. The way he kind of flips his verses and kind of just goes in with the whole, there was a guy, <laughs> well, first of all, the battle, so the machine gun Kelly guy, you know, nobody's ever heard of this guy. A lot of if you're in, if you're a real fan of rap, you probably have. But mainstream wise, no, nobody knows who Machine Gun Kelly is. But I guess he went at Eminem, and it was probably the best thing he ever did because Eminem recorded a verse that absolutely, quote unquote, wrecked him. And people said, "Oh my gosh, Eminem went in on this guy. He crushed him. He wrecked him. This guy's career's over." Just because most people heard the Eminem song then what happened was and what i think happened comment on me if i have any hip-hop aficionados in the always be both cruising uh field please correct me or give me your insight on this what seems to me if it happened is that everybody said i don't know who this guy is but eminem just crushed him i think retrospectively everybody went back to see what the fuss was about with this machine gun kelly guy and then they listened to the song that he went in on eminem with I'm going to tell you something right now. Machine Gun Kelly kind of got him, I think. If I listen back, now Eminem is gifted and Eminem's the one of the greatest of all time and the lyrics and, the, and this and that. I don't know what I just did, but I'll, I'm going to play something for you in a minute. But, um, you know, he, he, he's acrobatic with his vocals, but this guy was just cool. He did a video, no shirt on, tattoos everywhere, and he just basically, he's got skills himself and he's a young dude. Listen. Rap is a young person's game, and you know what? Maybe it took more talent, and the the vocals were more thought out, and they were more kind of like, like I keep using the word acrobatic than Eminem's, <clears throat> but this guy just put down a track that killed Eminem, and it was done it would would more soul to me. Tell me what you guys think. I don't I don't know if I'd ever thought of we we'd be discussing the uh, Eminem slash uh, MJ MGK battle, but we are. But for Eminem in general, to me, he always just seemed a little bit more like like his old music is really really good, and it's you know the songs are great, Lose Yourself and Slim Shady and the stuff he did with Dr. Dre early. But I feel like recently he's just like you know if you listen to him, a lot of people are like wow he's the best ever because he just rhymes and rhymes and his rhyming scheme over and over again. But if you figure out enough words, 
you can come up with rhymes for them. And then you let the rhyme lead your story to where it's going to go rather than a good rapper who tells his story and just happens to rhyme. Um, but if you guys, you guys also know I'm a fan of stand-up comedy. And one of my favorites is a guy named Chris D'Elia. And he literally just randomly, and I want you to check this out on YouTube, even though I'm going to play it for you, you probably won't get the full uh, the full gist of it. With the, uh, I'm going to play it right up against the microphone with the iPhone. But this guy basically is kind of like playing off that, saying that Eminem, you know, he's just saying a bunch of freaking rhyming words. That's it over and over again in his Eminem voice. And he just turned on his iPhone in his car, put the camera towards him, and said he's going to (laughs) do an impression of Eminem. This has gone viral, so some of you may have heard it already. But uh, if you haven't, here it is. This is Chris D'Elia doing his impersonation of Eminem. Of course I'm all torn. I'm driving a Porsche over the floorboards, over the four points, while you're in the four tours, getting an abortion and a divorce at the same time they hear the Ford and Look what I'm planning, planning. I'm planning to do all this while you're panicking, and you're looking and staring at mannequins, and I'm going to fanikins, trying to get up a planikins. All of the planikins, fanikin, fan, fan, panikins, while all the mannequins, fanikin, Anna, in the cabana. You're in the, I'm in the cabana in the Janet. I'm in a cabana chanting on a stand-up banner Well, you don't got the stamina, you're lacking the stamina You're lacking the stamina while you're divorcing Harrison Ford And I'm in a Porsche and I'm flowing ports While I'm all torrent You're using way too many napkins Papkins Lapkins and chapkins You're using chapstick and napkins while I'm papkin I'm sorry, that does not get old to me. Because that's basically, you know, what what I've been saying about Eminem for a while. A very, very talented guy. Got to give him credit, but... You know, we get it. You can rhyme and you can sound mad. I get it. You got those two things down. Now, do do I feel you like a like a you know? And like, listen, man, I like rap music. You know, do you, do you, you when when the real guys do it, Jay Z, Nas, and these type of people just they don't have to do all these acrobatics because just what they're saying, their flow, their their point of view is just so much more sellable than than Eminem. Even this guy, Machine Gun Kelly, right now. He's better. He's better than than Eminem. You could say all you want about the technical part of it, and you know what? I can write the best freaking rhyme in the world, but uh, it's not as good. I hate to tell you, it's just not as good at this point in the game. You know what I mean? The game eventually passes you by. What are you going to do? Can't do it. One day I'll be 80, and you know what? These new up-and-coming 20-year-old cruise podcasters are going to have it over me, and there's nothing I can do about it. I could talk about the good old days and how I'm a purist. But no, they'll be like spaceship-looking cruise boats, and uh, and I'll be like, ah, you know, back in my day, we had the Harmony of the Seas, and, you know, that was a real cruise ship. You know, this spaceship crap, you guys... All right, I'm going off and on here. All right, let's talk, man. Let's talk about the cruise that I just went on. So, why did I book this cruise? Um, it was just, I was going to have some time. You know what I mean? This, was, this whole cruise freaking one after the other was not supposed to happen. I was moving... And I knew I'd have a couple of days off, so I was just looking for a really, really cheap cruise to go on before I got started. Then they snuck the harmony in that army, and I had to go on that. Yeah, I know everybody's feeling bad for me, but it is what it is. Uh, but this cruise was going to cost me, me and my buddy Joe, it was going to cost us, it was listed for two seventy nine. It was going to end up costing us, with the visa, like, you know, $450, 500 And that was going to include booze. After that, we booked it. My buddy JP, also down here, like I said, none of these guys cruised before. These are not cruisers, okay? These are newbies. I got to say, they did a good good job for the first time. Um, <clears throat> so 
we uh we booked the cruise. JP jumps in. I was like, "What are we going to have? JP get in his own room? No, let's get let's get uh let's all get let's all get in the three way room and we'll we'll deal with it." Now, I was me just coming off the Harmony of the Seas, and the room for two on the Harmony of the Seas probably would have been comfortable for four people. This room on the Norwegian sky, God bless it was a freaking shoebox. It was like we were we were camping. And uh when the bed was out, there was nothing coming out of the ce- ceiling. You know what I mean? The bed was very comfortable, the couch bed, but you know what? It was turned down or not. If it wasn't turned down, uh if the bed was turned down, there was no room to walk. We would have to three uh 220 pound plus man. I shouldn't say that. I'm, you know, average average a average weight of the person in the cabin of the people in the cabin was probably about 215 220 and uh we're just trying to go around each other and this and that so uh we booked the three of us uh the day of i screwed up big time um well i'm gonna say something joe if you're listening you kind of screwed up a little bit by insisting that i come up there the night before now i don't know why we did that because i'm only 20 minutes away he was like come up the night before pass out on the couch and we'll go over to the train station which is the bright line by the way if you're ever in south florida this bright line is the shit it's this gorgeous brand new train line that right now it used to only go from west palm to fort lauderdale now it goes to miami and i hear that it's eventually going to go to orlando and you are going to have high speed rail from orlando to miami which is a godsend and when you do it it's not just the high speed rail it is amtrak freaking 2021 it is beautiful it is uh uh tons of outlets everywhere there's tables like you sit at a table you like you're at a conference on this train station and this train and there's this little docking station. You hit the dock and it pops up out of out of itself, out of the desk, and it's got a plug, it's got a USBs, it's got whatever you want. You're sitting there, everything's new and clean. It is bright. The colors are like yellow and gray, and um, it's just very, very light and bright. Hence the name Brightline. And then you're sitting there about ten minutes into your ride, a guy comes by and just offers you snacks, water, wine, champagne, whatever you want. Uh, we went at the twenty dollar route, but we could have for thirty five dollars. I think we could have gotten everything included we could have ordered whatever we wanted they got newspapers they have reading material they have games whatever you want it's right there the bright line check it out south florida man it's about time there should be more of these uh out there so what happened i screwed up so um joe has me go come over the night before now what was cool about that was that i get to joe's and joe's into the astronomy i guess so he's got this app and apparently there's going to be a space rocket launch or whatever. They're going to uh, enhance a satellite or something. So he was all into that. It's like 1230. They delayed it a couple of times like they usually do. So around like 1 o'clock in the morning, we're standing on the intercoastal, walking out onto a dock. And the fact, let me tell you something. That was one of those moments where I was like, man, I'm happy to be here. I'm just chilling. I'm on my friend's couch one minute. And then there's a rocket launch about to happen. So we walk two blocks over to the intracoastal that leads to Palm Beach, which is, you know, that rich area, which right on the other side of that is the Atlantic Ocean. So we walk out onto a pier, and this pier was probably the length, like the half of a football field. So we're out in the middle of the intercoastal on a pier, and we're waiting for this rocket launch to go. And he's got this app that that kind of like... uh it, it 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 dials into mission control and you're hearing it and you're hearing it 20 minutes 15 minutes and then okay and they're just kind of communicating in language we clearly don't understand but then he goes all right one minute 10 seconds and then you hear 10 seconds and then the thing has a compass on it and tells you where to look three two one 
liftoff. Now, this we're in West Palm. That's about 280 miles away from Orlando, so we're nowhere near this happening. However, after about 10 seconds, 12 seconds of where you hear the thing lifted off successfully, you look up where it told you to look up, and you see this fireball flying through the sky. It was awesome. Neither here nor there. We went back. That was a cool experience. Uh, we went back and then uh, fell asleep, woke up. Joe woke up a little bit later than I did. I was kind of ready to go, but I made the mistake of just like an idiot. And this is so me, guys. This is so freaking me. It's why I'm single. It's why I freaking have a, problems in my life. It's, <laughs> I decide that I can fit in a trip to the store and a trip to Dunkin' Donuts before I get back and we walk to the Bright Line. So I try to do that, and for some reason, I get caught behind a couple of trains that went by. It was obviously, you know, ironically, a bright line going the other way, and then an Amtrak, and then a tri-rail. So it's taking a little bit longer, so that I still go, get the sunglass, everything back. I'm like, oh, we're pushing it. Joe, We get back, and Joe says, we're not going to make it. And I remember making this bright line one time, and I made it like with no time left, and I was able to buy the ticket on the train. It was no problem. I guess it changed up. Now, the train was sitting there. It was open, but it was a, the doors were about to close, but we had to go up a couple of stairs and buy our tickets. And the lady was like, you're not making it. You're not making it. I'm like, we'll buy our tickets. Like, you're not making it. They're closing the doors in 20 seconds. You can't buy the tickets. So I screwed up. I screwed it up. Uh, we missed the train to Miami. That was at noon. So no big deal, though. That was going to be... 25 each I believe and then we were gonna so instead we got an Uber and the Uber was gonna be uh, $107 so now it's gonna be $33 each no problem I owe you whatever I'll buy you a couple of drinks my fault ended up being no big deal whatsoever we took an Uber down from West Palm to Miami all smooth ready to go we because of the fact that we were in West Palm at noon, we just kind of like didn't care about the timing. Where normally I would like, you know, let's wait it out. We want to take, didn't want to take the chance. So yeah, we we arrived there at prime time for shitchery. So it was like one fifteen, one thirty. We got there, right smack in the face of the longest line of the day. These guys hadn't cruised before. These guys also, I gotta tell you, you know. And this is this is what it is. They're not daytime guys. I'll tell you, JP handled it pretty well. Joe. I've known Joe for a long time. I was trying to say to Joe, you know what? You don't have to get up in the day, but it's nice to get up in the day sometimes. You're on vacation. There's no work within sight anytime, anytime soon. So maybe just function during the day. You know what I mean? Like, and he admitted it. He was like, listen, I don't, I don't do daytimes very well. I mean, the kid, you got to give him credit. He works till he starts work at like f- six or seven o'clock at night and he works till about four in the morning and then he's kind of doing his thing till like four or five and gets home by like five and then gets to bed by like six so you wouldn't be much of a day person either give him give him a little credit but um yeah so it was a little um what could i say it was a little bit of an adjustment for me to kind of just like uh rally those troops and rally that out of them jp was a little better at it you could tell he was not necessarily um uh, Joe energy during the day, but he was still, he got it. He realized, oh, listen, I'm on vacation. I'm going to take a shot at it. But even him, you know, it was what it was. And these guys are both smokers. I'm not, I'm not a smoker. And that was a little bit of a, um, <clears throat> I wouldn't say a challenge, but it was like a little bit of, it added a different dynamic to the trip where, you know, 
these guys, whatever they do, we got to stop for a cigarette. I got to stop to smoke. Got to go to the smoking area for this. After it was like a routine, and it was, and then during the day, you know, I'm a slob, more of a slob than the average person. But uh, you know, these guys would kind of like be like, all right, this is all you can eat. We got to eat. You know what I mean? Normally, you do that at a buffet, right? You go to a buffet, it's all you can eat. You freaking eat. But these guys, not having the benefit of being cruisers. You know, they don't realize, you know, you don't have to because you got freaking four days of this day and night if you want. You know what I mean? We didn't do we did the main dining room the first night. The food was great. I'm going to tell you something right now. The food in general was better than the than the harmony all, all, all at all. But, you know, sitting in the main dining room, it took a while. It was just like course after course. And it was just very slow. And uh, that's what it is. So we ended up opting for being able to come as you are and come and go and the food was good at the buffet it wasn't a huge choice you know comparing the harmony in the sky you're not getting you know nearly the amount of choice on the sky than the harmony but it was good food you know what i mean but again in all fairness to the harmony what are they feeding 1800 guests versus freaking 7000 that's what it is um and yeah let's not that let's not Let's not let that be lost on us, the contrast between these two freaking ships and uh, the harmony of the seas, just this structural wonder. I overuse that term, but that's the only thing that kind of comes to my mind, that architecture creation. Um, And then you have the Norwegian sky, which at first, when I first got on it, um, my first impression, shout out to Doug Parker, um, it was like it, it, it was definitely more closely comparable to to like the Bahama Paradise because you're talking about a cruise ship from 2002. Um, Smaller elevators, smaller atrium, uh, fewer elevators, but then I got into it a little bit and then it kind of was more on the carnival miracle end of things, you know what I mean, which is a fairly modern day cruise ship. Uh, You know, the the sky, I mean, what's what's there more to say when you got to give away free drinks uh, on the cruise all all the time to get people to go on it. You know, you just say that this is an older ship. But I was very, very, very happy with the ship and surprised with the ship in that uh, it was very, very well maintained. And uh, it was very, very... I liked the way it was decorated, sort of cheesy, the way I like it. It was like had this aqua green motif. I think it was spent a lot of time in Alaska because a lot of things were named after Alaskan things or like the fjords or like, you know, iceberg territory, whatever it is. So, um, you know, the cruise ship, you know, the, the main part of where these cruise ships show their age is on the Lido deck. You know what I mean? That wood is weathered. You know what I mean? You can't keep it. It was well maintained. It was good. It was in good shape, but it's changed colors. I got to tell you, man, I loved that cruise ship. It was very, very navigatable, navigable, nav- na- navigatable, however, take your pick out of those two. It was really, really enjoyable. It had everything you need. It had enough venues, plenty of venues. And I got to say this, guys, ready? Guys, ready? It was a pocketerium, a pocketerium. It was nuts. We had, uh, they were everywhere. It was like crazy. Now, I'm going to say it. These guys, you know, if they are listening, I got I to gotta be real. We didn't really, go, they didn't really have it in them. They, we didn't really want to go after it. We didn't really want to kind of let loose on it. Um, I kind of did, and we kind of did a little bit a few times. We had some headway. We got somewhere. First night, three girls. There's three of us. There's three girls. Very cute girls, and they're 
they're they're boozed up, headed into dinner, all wearing the same outfit. They look like I think they were like three like Italianish girls from Jersey or whatever, but they were fun. And we just started talking to them, and I was kind of going back and forth, and you know these guys were kind of being quiet, and I was kind of leading it on and leading the conversation, and and, uh, and then you know the maitre d asked them where you know how many in their party. They're like we're three. And then they asked us, how many of you are three? And then the girl's like, we should just get a table together, the six of us. That's the first night. I said, you know what? You guys are going to live to regret this. But they let them go. Listen, I'm not going to freaking be the guy who, you know, carries the whole thing. Somebody else has to make a move here. Fellas, love you, fellas. But man, we somebody else has to do something. So they said, you know what? I said, you know, we didn't push for that. The, the, the girls put it out there. And what we were supposed to do was, yeah, absolutely. Table for six. Let's do it. Here we go. That could have been my fault, but all at the same time, I can't do everything. Everybody, somebody else has to step in and do something. We we let that sit there, and they kind of like, well, I guess I guess it's a table for three. The girl said, so they got led away first, and I let I said to these guys, we will. This is the first day, perfect opportunity to set set the set set the tone. You know what I'm saying? And that's it. Didn't happen, and and even JP JP was like, yeah, you're right. He was like, "Yeah, give me a break, though. It's my first cruise. I didn't really. I'm like, that's that's nothing about cruising. But he's right. It was, you know, we were probably all thinking this is the first night anyway. We don't necessarily need to act desperate. Yeah, we don't have to jump on the first three girls we see. But in my heart, I kind of knew. You know what? It's like errors. You make an error in baseball. The error f- always comes back to haunt you. You do a turnover late in the game. It's some way or another in a football game. You do a turnover. Some way or another, it comes back to haunt you late in the game. And I kind of had a feeling that was just going to happen." And then that was it for that for that uh, for that night. And then, it, but then there was uh, the club. Ironically, there's a there's a venue on the Harmony of the Seas called Dazzles. It's my one of my favorite venues on the ship. And the main nightclub on Norwegian Sky is called Dazzles. And the DJ was getting it going. He was playing up to date music. Let me tell you something. This this boat. I'm gonna call it a boat just for the hell of it, <laughs> because this party, this was a party boat. You know what I mean? Ship was fancy. This is a boat, and people were partying even from the sail away party. They the the DJ was pumping the the sound system thumps. The sound system is second to none, and they make sure that there is a party. There were pockets. Uh, the demographic was a lot of uh, Latina, and that was perfect. It was great. It was awesome. Um, we just, I'm going to be honest with you, I just didn't, I didn't, they, they that could have happened. There, there could have been a lot of fun on that ship if there was like, you know, if these guys maybe get another cruise or two under their belt or, you know, we had the other crew coming in, Chris and, you know, still with these guys, like, you know, that there would have been some contact made. And I'm not even saying like, you know what, I try to say to these guys, listen, I could tell you right now, because I'm saying it, I'm saying it full on that aside from the Florida Georgia line Dustin Lynch country cruise there has not been a cruise that touches the pocketry of the cruise that I just went on on the Norwegian sky and um, I'm already ready to go on her again at some point uh, in the near future uh, since since we're not doing the uh, horizon this thing is definitely on my radar in fact one thing I will say, Joe and JP are heavily tied into the nightlife into in the West Palm Beach area and the Florida area, South Florida area, and they have ties to people who have even more ties. What we're probably going to do, if you guys are interested, sooner than later, we're probably going to do a group cruise on the Norwegian sky. And that was the other thing. It just did not. You know how many times I tried to hand in my sign and sale card when I was getting a drink? 
they don't want nothing. They don't ask for tips. I mean, they that would be great. We did tip, but they don't expect tips. They don't ask for tips. They don't think their tips are coming. It's a cruise ship where you just get drinks all the time. You walk up, you want two, you want three, you want an extra shot, you want a double. I'm throwing him 10 bucks because I want a double. He's already got the double freaking poured because I asked for it early. He said, you come back to me. And uh, the frozen drinks, it was it's just amazing. They don't have straws on board. Even Royal Caribbean allows for straws if you ask for them. Norwegian's shutting down the straws completely. So you got to drink even frozen drinks. You got to drink them. Uh, you have to sip them. But that's all right. I mean, it's just, I, it was, it was dumbf- I was dumbfounded. I did my usual tradition where, you know, on the last sea day before the sun goes down, before you have to get off the ship. I, I feel like by the end of the cruise, and I'm going to say this, guys. I don't even knock it because I was the same way on my first cruise. I didn't do it right. Shout out to Michelle Cuzzo. I know she, I don't think she listens, but she was the first girl I went on a cruise with. And it was, everything was, I was blind to everything. We were on the Carnival Miracle, and I didn't have the best time on that cruise. But at the same time, I don't know if this makes any sense, but I just knew that I needed to make a few adjustments and I would have the best time on that cruise because she's a night chick too. She works in the bar industry as well. And we didn't see before 12-1 the, the, the way we didn't get it. We thought you're on vacation. Sleep as late as you want. That was kind of like how we did it. Um, you know, but uh, this this was like, uh, you know, we wanted to stay up late and we did stay up late. She was That was the karaoke cruise. She girl loves karaoke. Uh, so, so I didn't, I knew that with, with with the right few adjustments, this was something I was going to be passionate about. And I started to see that twinkle in their eyes uh, at the end, at the end of the cruise. They were like, oh, this makes sense. And now it's all coming together because we've been talking lately, the last couple of days, and they're starting to miss. And they're starting to throw out code words and like inside jokes about the ship. And we're talking about the girls we had our eyes on. Oh, there's Yankee Hat. I wish, I wish Yankee Hat was coming in the club tonight. Or I wish, uh, you know... Uh, uh, Puerto Rico red because she was in the booty shake competition and she called herself, uh, she said, I'm from Puerto Rico and yelled it really loud and she was wearing red. Um, you know, so all these things, they're like remembering it now. And I think that they are very, very anxious to go back. They'll know what to expect. We'll have better living conditions. And we'll, you bet your ass we will be back on that Norwegian Sky cruise ship because that was an absolute blast from from start to finish. We also had uh, on the last night, Joe. Hit the hit the freaking jackpot on blackjack, uh, won about fifteen hundred, put about five hundred back, I and mean, then we walked out with about nine hundred or something like that. Um, and uh, he uh, demanded to buy us dinner on the last night, uh, steakhouse. So we had Cagney's on the last night. Was very good. I stand by the fact that Carnival is the best steak at sea, but this was a really really good meal. We had the mushroom on top of the ribeye, and we had the. Uh, chicken wings they do them all fancy big shout out to marty marty thought they were frog legs but i think that's the new thing if you they'll do fine dining wings and in the process before they cook they'll do a process where they um i guess strip up the wing and make it so like it's a little bit of a ball thus exposing the bottom bone bottom part of the bone to kind of act as like a now it's a lollipop and you can much more easily handle they're much more clean a little bit more refined for uh fine dining in, in terms of wings they did that. We had the uh, shrimp. It was delicious. The whole thing was good. The 24-hour buffet. Woo! 
If you want to eat, you know, a lot of cruise ships, they say you can get something to eat no matter what, no matter where, any time of night. A lot of them, the options are tight, few and far between. Uh, Royal Caribbean is not good at it. Let's just say that. Norwegian is probably the best. If you want to eat all night or through the night, uh, they have, you know, the Garden Cafe. Is that what it's called? Garden Cafe Buffet. The Great Outdoors. The Great Outdoors is on the back. So that's where you sit. But the Garden Cafe is the buffet. But um, so all day they have the inside of it, the Garden Cafe, is just your regular meals. Your regular, you know, like I said, the selections weren't great, but the quality was strong. And on the back, right at the back of the ship, right before you get outside aft, they have um, what they call the Great Outdoors Buffet, and that is all kind of, uh, you might call it fast food, but it's not just fast food. It's burgers and dogs and everything like that, fries, but it also has some dumplings. It has pizza. It has salads. It has some sandwiches. It has some just quicker items, you know, not necessarily the uh, higher scale dinner entree type items, but they have that going all night, and it was good. I mean, especially at four in the morning, it's real good. Um, the promenade was awesome. What are the highlights of the ship? They have some rooms there that they just don't get good use out of. They have an outrigger room. Now, the outrigger is, you could tell, now this is an old ship, but when you sit in the outrigger, if you've been on the sky, you can tell where the genesis is of, of the Spinnaker Lounge. You could see why, uh, how the, the Spinnaker was imagined. It's not the same exact layout, but it is a club event style room with a dance floor, and it, do, it doesn't have a stage per se, but it does have the dance floor. It does have kind of like a panoramic view, and it has floor-to-ceiling windows. So that's where it kind of gives you that little feel of, okay, this is where they got the idea for the Spinnaker, and that evolved. <clears throat> that had to have evolved into the Spinnaker, which who knows what it is now because I was on the Escape, and they don't have the Spinnaker. Uh, they moved on to bigger and better things, but on the mid-range ships like the uh, Jewel class or things like that, they have the Spinnaker, and that was, the, uh, that was probably the genesis of that. Um, they do have an area up front of the ship where it's open air out front, two levels, uh, of being able to kind of be, uh, outside. Like what I asked for in the aft pool, uh, kind of like a full view of the sea with a pool. They had a little baby pool and a hot tub. Now they said this was a family area, but honestly, (laughs) I've never seen, uh, as few kids on any cruise ship for some reason. So there really was no reason for a family area because I probably saw seven, eight, nine kids the whole freaking trip. I'm sure there was more. Of course there was more. But I just don't remember encountering too many kids, which was beautiful. Um, and uh, so you had open air out front. Again, like I said, aft. I don't know why anybody doesn't put an aft pool out back, but they did have aft uh, table seating and there was a bar back there. So that was a little bit of a step up from, you know, what Royal Caribbean does as far as putting all sorts of water sports out there and stuff like that or encompassing it into with a 270 lounge, which is uh, not open air. Beautiful in its own right, but not open air, which it should be on the back of the ship. Um what else is unique to this ship? Uh, main dining room is absolutely gorgeous. It's beautiful. I mean, the main theater is gorgeous. A lot of these older ships are nicer than the newer ships because they were just, like I've said before, made before the time when these cruise lines decided that they have to profit uh, a certain amount of dollars per every square inch. Um, always were good. I was looking for the salmon the fish were going one way, and I was trying to tell these guys that there's always a fish that goes the other way. It's colored red because it's the salmon, and I didn't freaking find it. I think that might have been the pre-salmon days. Um, 
the ship was great. If there's anything else I think of regarding the ship, I'll definitely come at you with that. The entertainment was non-existent pretty much. I mean, I can tell you this. The Broadway entertainment people, you could tell they were a notch below. Coming off Royal Caribbean, uh, Harmony of the Seas entertainment, and then seeing the entertainers that they had. There was like six or seven of them that kind of did all the main shows and everything. No, no. wasn't the same at all. Didn't touch it. But they had a comedian on board who was hysterical, uh, a Latin, a black Latin guy, um, mix, that's what he said, he said, um, oh, what did he call, he, he he plays on that in his name, in his website or whatever, I forgot what it is, I'll find out what it is and I'll put it up on Facebook, but uh, he was really, really funny, I don't know man, very rarely, I don't know if it's the comedian or just the mood you're in, it's just, I've never seen an unfunny stand-up comedian on a cruise ship. And they say that's if, you, if you're a real stand-up comedy fan like I am, you'll hear all the comedians talk about how, you know, the cruise ship is where you go to die. You know what I mean? If you're a comedian, oh, he's a cruise ship comedian. You know what I mean? That's like, it has a bad stigma about it. But they're all freaking funny. It's nuts. They're all funny. Um, so that was the entertainment, the food we talked about, the, 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 the great promenade promenade deck uh fully full circled around the nightclub was awesome like i said the dj was playing current hits loud it was like a freaking nightclub it wasn't like the escape where it was more like edm and poppy uh in this nightclub they knew what their crowd was and it was a lot of young people and they wanted to hear you know kendrick lamar and drake and you know some real good new age hip-hop that quite frankly after you know the uh, the drinks I was having, I was feeling it too. It was great. We were having a great time. Um, <laughs> this is terrible. There was a girl that we, we were all just looking at girls. This We had a girl. I had my eye on one. I was kind of just like looking at her for a while. Just like, you know, hey, no, nothing. Nothing. You just kind of like say she probably would want nothing to do with me. But, you know, you're looking at them and, uh, and I'm drunk now. So I get the idea that, you know, all the drinks are free. You know, what are you going to do? Buy her a freaking, you know, vodka soda? I, I go to the bar. I buy her a jug of water. It costs like $8 or whatever. <laughs> I walk over to her. And I go, hey, how you doing? She's like, hey. I was like, hey, this is for you. She's like, oh, thank you. She's like, how did you know I want a water? I was like, I didn't know you wanted a water. I just wanted to buy you something that wasn't free. <laughs> she, she probably she like politely laughed a little bit but i'm sure she was like oh geez this is that was that was now i've heard all the lines but um it's it's where it's that's that's what time of night that was it was late and i was uh i was feeling no pain so oh and the drinks itself so this is the deal again like i said you couldn't get gray goose i had to settle for tito's it was absolute it was like as we call in the business call brands you couldn't get the super premiums are you kidding me fine fine no problem i was worried that there's got to be some sort of catch where you can only get well drinks now if you want just call drinks or you know you got to pay an extra dollar or so no the the absolute's free the bacardi's free the jack daniels is free the jim beam is free the all of it is free all you're paying for the the cuervo 1800 is free you got to pay for gray goose you got to pay for patron you got to pay for johnny walker blacking up you got to pay for these things which is perfectly understandable and it's only a little bit of an upcharge but um yeah you can go on the, guys go on the norwegian sky if you haven't now again it is about expectations if you're expecting zip lines flow riders and sky rides you're not going to get that but if you want a nice cruise a lively cruise an energetic cruise 
Go on the Norwegian Sky. I'm absolutely going back on the Norwegian Sky sooner than freaking later. And that's the beauty of it. I mean, this is why this is half the reason why you live here because you can have access to it. And I'm definitely doing it again. And I'm excited to do it. Um, <clears throat> all right. So let's talk about uh, ports of call. I did not. We didn't even see. <laughs> we didn't even see the Bahamas. These guys slept through the Bahamas. They never got a look at it. I at least freaking woke up and kind of stood on the deck and checked it out. Uh, then I went. I even went back to bed for that because we were gone out of the Bahamas by like one thirty. And uh, the next stop was Cuba. And uh, yeah, let's talk about Cuba. So Cuba was what everybody said it was going to be. You know, people say you probably you can't. We can't explain why we loved it we can't explain what it is about it that makes us have fun or what's enjoyable about it but you will know when you get there so yeah so we get off in cuba and it was weird because you go into the san francisco cruise terminal i guess that's what it's called and uh you know it's very well kept it's very you know i was expecting maybe just kind of like dreary broken down build a building type thing with uh no no technology no lighting and this and that no it was very very built up the only thing it was missing was air conditioning there was no air conditioning in the building which made it very hot and it was rather uncomfortable but it had very well kept maintained new modern looking facilities uh so we got off there took care of the visa and everything now you got to convert your money so they have a place in the cruise terminal where you can convert your money and there was like a freaking 60 person line at all times on this thing with about 20 tellers that will convert your money and guarding the whole thing a heavyset woman sitting in a chair fanning herself that was it that was the craziest thing that i saw and jp credit to him he pointed it out well like look at all this money changing hands hundred dollar bills hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of dollar bills and there's nobody watching over this thing i guess they are I guess you just don't see it. I guess they figured nobody's stupid enough to try to come to Cuba and start some shit because you'll just get shot on the spot or whatever else. Um, but there was nobody watching any of it. It was crazy. And uh, so then we went out. We walked outside and we started getting harassed right away. And it was annoying. Now, I was initially floored by the visual. You walk right across the street from the terminal. that San Francisco area. Everything seemed to be labeled San Francisco in that one area. <clears throat> and there was a big giant courtyard. It was Absolutely uh, amazing to look at. I uh, took some pictures. It was really, really cool to see. And uh, it was, but the problem was is that you get attacked right away. You can't really enjoy it right away because people are harassing you. Know, you got to get in this cab. You want to take a picture with me. You want to know where the cigars are. You want to know where the women are. Anything is possible, my friend. We can get your women to go. And it was just a little too much. So. We just got on a red bus. We're like, you know what? Let's get on this red bus. It's $10 each or 10 uh, Cuban whatever's each. (laughs) Sorry. And uh, we got on that. We sat on the top deck and we got a tour of Cuba, but or I should say the Havana area. And uh, it was narrated by a woman who with a muffled speaker system in Spanish. So we got nothing out of the audio portion of it, but we got some really, really cool pictures. We saw Revolutionary Square, and uh, we saw the downtown area. We saw a lot of the uh, important landmarks, like the graveyard, the uh, cemetery, and uh, some of the more fancy hotels. We saw the playa, uh, and it was really, really cool. It was it was a cool little thing to kind of do. We did that for two hours. Then we got off, and then we started walking around on our own and realized that we just went the wrong way off the cruise ship. But I'm still glad we did it because if we would have went the other way, we probably never would have got the tour that we did. But if we went right <clears throat> instead of left, 
coming out of the uh, terminal, we would have discovered that there was plenty of areas to walk, look at things, shop, eat, drink, whatever. We ended up at the Floridita um, and, uh, you know, the Hemingway Bar. And, yes, that was a delicious daiquiri we had. The entertainment there is cool. I mean, the music is phenomenal. It was great. Everywhere you go... I mean, the singers, it's crazy because they don't need microphones. <clears throat> they just train to sing from the freaking soul, and they just belt those words out there of the song. If you think Celia Cruz, that's kind of like where, where, where what I think of, and like how from the diaphragm the, the singing comes from. And if you just listen to it, it's almost like they're scream singing the whole time, but still in a very nice, melodic, peaceful way. I don't know how it works. I don't know how they do it, but it's awesome. It's great. So we were enjoying that. We got a meal. The meal was subpar. We got attacked by flies, attacked by... This. We were just doing some shopping, and then we ended up in some... Uh, we walked by some hotel. <laughs> and the hotel guy goes, yeah, come in, have a drink. We got a rooftop party going on. And that, I, these guys kept walking, but I was like, hey, rooftop, guys, come back. It's a rooftop. Let's. That's cool. You know what I mean? If there's a rooftop where we can maybe listen to some music, have some drinks, this and that. So we go inside. They said, hey, order a drink down here. We'll bring you up to the roof. It's like... All right, so we order a drink. They bring us up to the roof. The roof isn't open, but they brought us up there anyway. So we're the only only ones on the roof. But it was a very, very nice building. It was huge, uh, all marbled out. So it's like crazy because the buildings are like every other building. is like one building you'll see is all you know modern and made up and well-maintained. And then it'll have a building right next to it that looks like it should be condemned. And then there's a building next to that that's modern and maintained, and the other one is terrible. So it's like really, really strange. So after that, we got some. We like I said, we ate, and then we ended up back on the ship. So it was fifty-fifty whether or not I was going to get back on the ship. Uh, I'm sorry, go back into Cuba at night. Uh, I was even going to tell those guys just do it. And They were like, "No, we're not going to do it if you don't do it." You know, if you, I was like, "No, let's do it." I, I mean, I was like, "Guys, you go do it." I, I think I've saw seen all I need to see of Cuba. Good, good, and I mean, now luckily enough, they were able to convince me to get off the ship, and we did get off the ship again. And it was night this time, so we walked around. We went right to the Florida because that's what I was like. I was like, we're just gonna get off the ship, and we're just gonna <clears throat> kind of like wonder where to go. We're gonna walk around aimlessly. We've seen it all. Let's stay on the ship and let's enjoy the entertainment that's on the ship. But we did the right thing. We got off the ship, and a lot of people stayed on the ship. It was very do- uh, desolate at night. There were some land vacationers there that we did see, and uh, we interacted with a little bit, and uh, it was cool. So we went back to the Floridita, basically hung out at the Floridita for a little while because that was like a, a, the main kind of like meeting place that everybody kind of was at, and it was very well lit, which you couldn't say for everywhere else. <laughs> so we spent some time there. And then we like walked around a little bit, and then we were going to go back to the ship. Now, my friends did want to, and I did too, wanted to adventure out into Cuba a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. I was really pumped about getting back to that freaking nightclub on board. That's where the spot, that's where everything was. That's where the action was to me. But um, <clears throat> they wanted to see, all right, is there somewhere we can go to dance and drink a little bit? And we're not like we were going to dance, but was there a dance club in the area where there was a little bit more lively atmosphere? So, sure enough, the guy on the street says, absolutely, I'll take you to the place where you're going to have plenty of girls, it's going to be a lot of fun, the best mojitos in town, this is the spot to be at. So, like, all right, let's give it a try. So, you know, we're, again, smashed up a little bit, so we're, we're feeling no pain. So, we're, like, walking through the streets of uh, Havana, and now we start walking, and there's less, the, the less lighting, 
less less activity, but more homeless, more stray cats and stray dogs. And just basically, we can barely see what's going on. And we're just walking through these dark, dark alleys on these cobblestone streets. Completely not advisable. But you know what? What are we going to do? You know, like I said, sometimes you got to roll the dice and see what happens. So we don't really know where we are, what we're doing. We're just following this guy. And all he keeps trying to do is tell us how safe we are and how we shouldn't be worried. So clearly, I'm just, you know, not to be the, not to be a tough guy, but just to not let him know that we're an easy mark. I said, but let me explain something, buddy. Nobody's afraid. Nobody's afraid of this. We're good. So he's like, oh, okay, you know, just so you know, I'm just trying to make make sure everybody feels comfortable. Meanwhile, nobody's comfortable. It's pitch black. <laughs> there's cats, there's dogs running up to us. There's homeless people asking us for money. There's prostitutes everywhere. And uh, <laughs> he finally takes us. And this is when I was like, I said to Joe, we're like a few steps behind him and JP. And uh, him and JP are talking. And I just said to Joe, I was like, just. No, just be ready. Just be ready. That's it. I'm not saying anything. I'm saying. Joe's like, absolutely. I totally agree. Let's we gotta let's be ready. Uh, so we weren't sure what was gonna happen. He takes us to this bar. That this is the biggest called Guantanamo Bar. That's what he called. That's what he said it was. That was the name of it. Because you know, there sure as hell wasn't a name on the freaking front door. But uh, <clears throat> let me explain this bar to you. The bar uh, couldn't hold more than twelve people. So. How this was ever going to be the spot with the most girls or the most lively place. Clearly, this was not a guy who was trying to do bad or trying to do wrong. He was clearly deceiving us because he probably gets a cut of everything that's spent in there. But we walk in and uh, it's just one guy who's probably 75 years old or 80 years old, whatever he is. And he's just standing there by himself. There's no customers. There's a couple of employees in there. It's dimly lit. Like I said, room for about 12 people total. And... uh the guy told us, the charming, correct, charismatic guy that led us there said, uh, they want margarita, um, mojitos. Can you make them mojitos? The guy's like, yes. And he just took about 10 minutes to make three mojitos, and we drank them. And we listened to this guy's story, and it was very pleasant. And a couple of people also got led there, so that ended up being maybe like eight or nine people in the place total. And then a bunch of hookers were surrounding the place, and they were kind of like flirting with us and trying to kind of get us to kind of pull out some money or whatever. None of that was really happening. It would have been funny to kind of have an interaction with them just to see what, just to see the whole process, just, you know, being a, you know, whatever, (laughs) being a a creep that we are. But I was never under no circumstances uh, even remotely thinking about paying anybody for sex. That was just not not really how I roll. But uh, it just would have been fun to take it all in, you know what I mean? Just experience all of it and just kind of see where it goes uh, and just kind of have some fun with it just you're in cuba you're not who knows when you're going to be back well actually i'm going to be back because like i said i'm getting on this cruise ship again but um you know after a few mojitos even joe started feeling comfortable he's like hey let's get some shots i'm like joe no 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 no. we're not going to start getting polluted polluted here and start banging down shots uh let's 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 save the shots for the club on the ship and it was like i don't know it ended up being like 2 in the morning and uh we said our goodbyes and then uh Sure enough, the guy who was hanging out with us the whole night, who I know gets a cut from the bar for bringing us there, he did his pitch at the end to hopefully get money from us, and we gave him like 20 bucks or so at the end of it just to to be nice. But again, the people say that the people of Cuba are so nice. Guys, I don't know about that. Like, the the people are nice. You know what I mean? Nobody was absolutely... The people in the the cruise terminal were were miserable. They hated life, whatever. They were stuck inside this hot freaking place, this sauna of a government building forever. 
all day and they were not happy anywhere around nobody we interacted with was happy they were sweating their asses off and just wanted to get done with their job even if you were kind of like nice to them majority of us were nice to them they were still like yeah okay yeah no problem yeah they weren't it wasn't like because i was going in british saying oh the people of cuba are very very happy let me tell you something the people of cuba are very very happy when you when when they think they're going to get money from you you know what i mean there's not a bunch of people from my experience and what i saw there and what we saw was not a bunch of cuban people no, they were, they were all very nice, but they all wanted something. You know what I mean? They all wanted something. Like, we're walking down the street. The guy stops. Oh, let me see your hat. What is that? Boston Red Sox. We love the Boston Red Sox. My sister's in LA. She likes the Dodgers. You know, talking to JP. Uh, five minutes in. Hey, man, let me get your hat. Can I have your hat? He's like, you can't have a hat? What are you not having my hat? What are you talking about? So, you know, everybody was nice. The reason they were nice is because they, they, they wanted something. Very rarely were you going to get something out of it. Joe got scammed. Joe bought like three cigars. The guy told him it was like $30 a cigar, but they'll give him for $9. And Joe spent like uh, 30 bucks or 40 bucks on three cigars, whatever it was. He bought the cigars, went around the grocery store, went in, saw the same cigar, cigar being sold as singles for $3 each. <laughs> So that sucked, uh, and that was kind of awkward when we saw that guy again 10 minutes later walking in the street. We didn't bring it up, obviously. We're not going to start, hey, you, whatever. It happened. We got beat. It is what it is. But uh, that was it. Then we went back on the ship, and uh, it was, I'm trying to think, anything else Cuba-related? Um, no, there was tons of stuff you could have done with the cars. Listen, I didn't need to ride in a freaking fancy convertible car like from the 50s. First of all, we saw them breaking down left and right. <laughs> they were broken down, stopping traffic. And I guess my thing was, I guess if you're a cab driver in Cuba, one of those cars, you also have to be, uh, you have to double as a mechanic as well because they just break down. They're hot. They're sweaty. You know what? I was much happier to just be able to look at them from outside and get the breeze in the open air van. So that was nice. It was cool. Um, um, oh, randomly I did. I told you I was pumped about this. I saw this on uh, Anthony Bourdain's show that there's a square area down near downtown where people have a government license to stand in the square and argue aggressively about baseball. Mistakenly, by chance, got dropped off right there, and I stood there, listened to them. That was awesome. They were going at it, and yes, they've waved they like wave their hands in each other's faces. They scream. They seemingly mocking each other with their differences of ideas. It's all about baseball. It never gets crazy to where it's going to be come to blows, but it is animated. It is uh, crazy. So that was cool. I was so glad I got a chance to see that. I did not post that. I'm going to post that quick little video that I did get of it on the uh, Always Be Both Cruises Lounge on Facebook. Please join. Um, <clears throat> I'll post that up. I'm kind of talk, I'm talking fast. I went to Dunkin' Donuts and I asked for a large cold brew and then I also asked for a double shot of espresso. On the side, the guy put it in. I was like, all right, screw it. I'll drink it. So um, you've probably noticed uh, I'm like kind of like on speed for this podcast, but that's for the better because I was kind of dozing off before. K's got me. K, shout out to K. K's got me watching this show called Wrecked. You guys ever see this show? Uh, they get the plane crashes, but it's a slapstick comedy. Absolutely hysterical. Um, I gave it an eight, but uh, yeah, after like the third episode, I was kind of done. Uh, is what it is. So that's pretty much it. That's Cuba. I'm gonna try to think of some other things. Uh, uh, if I if I do come up with some, I did remember about those, uh, you know, those uh, <laughs> cruising ducks that Beatrix loved. <laughs> She was, she got, she, she, uh, unsubscribed. She removed herself from the Facebook group of that cruise because she was so sick of listening to the ducks. Um, but that was the run. A shame I'm not going to go on the, uh, 
I'm not going to go on the horizon, but I was really, really happy to go on those cruises, a semi almost back to back, had a great time. And uh, that's about it. If you have any questions about the trip, about Cuba, about the Norwegian sky, or even going back to the Harmony or anything like that, hit me up, Tommy, at alwaysbebooked.com. That's about it. All right. Now what you've all been waiting for, let's get into your emails. Hey, quick question. How important is your vacation to you? Okay, well, are you booked? If not, I want to give you a quick heads up on how close you can really be to your cruise vacation of a lifetime. Let's talk Caribbean. Yeah, that's right. The tropical paradise, white sand, crystal clear, blue water Caribbean. Cruising is an adventure. Why visit just one destination when you can conquer three or four? We want to be the perfect getaway from your everyday. Always Be Booked Cruises and Vacations has the experience, the affiliations, and most of all, the passion to match you up with a getaway that you and your group will share stories about for decades to come, no matter who's listening. Some say a cruise is a cruise, but the truth is, we help you find your cruise. Whether you're seeking the ultimate island adventure, world-class onboard entertainment, or gourmet Caribbean food and cocktails, you can share memories with those you're traveling with and make lifelong friends with those you just met. Having spent years on some of the world's most celebrated cruise ships and creating partnerships on the most desirable destinations in the Caribbean, Always Be Both Cruises will craft a custom itinerary that will surpass anything you thought you could ever experience on land or sea. If you're ready to start planning your dream cruise, go to Always Be Booked.com or email me directly at Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Dude, you're going the YouTube way. Nice, even though you told me it was too much work. I'd love to help you with that anyway. I can. Cameraman, behind the scenes, film a different location, closer to me or wherever, anything. I don't care. I don't care about money that will come. I just want to launch a YouTube channel. There is money to be made there for sure It's if it's done right with good editing and equipment. You don't know me in the least, but I'll help you however I can. By the way, about our interview on the seaside. Well, after seeing Sherry's vlog and hearing uh, her say she's going to get together with you, let's just say I feel a bit embarrassed with my inexperience. She's such a pro, but you can get there for sure. I'm still going to eventually do my YouTube follow-up on the seaside, just taking my time as to not make it so rookie-ish. And seeing Sherry's does seeing Sherry's doesn't help much to motivate me. <laughs> I think that's a compliment. He's basically saying that Sherry is very, very uh, next level and the production's out of control. We'll we'll get back to that. All right. He he continues again. Whatever I can do to help you get things started, please don't hesitate to ask. I live in Miami, Doral, to be exact, two blocks away from Carnival headquarters. LMAO. So. If you need help with anything down here, let me know. I believe you said you'll be in Boca, so not too far. Um, and that is Ben. Ben is the one who put that YouTube ch- uh, video up about the seaside. We talked about it before. Ben is it, Ben is awesome, man, because Ben, you could tell how much energy and how much passion he has for it, and he's going to, I have zero doubt, do very well in it. What do you think? Uh, Sherry from Cruise Tips TV, was that good overnight? No. There's years of, I guess, video production. It sounds like they've been doing it for a while, even besides cruise stuff before that. I think they said they used to do weddings and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's silly to even expect. That's the biggest thing you got to do. Your biggest competition, Ben, is going to be you. Now, you said before you got you seemed a little hyped about me going the YouTube way, even though you said it seems like it's going to be too much work. Now, I got to tell you, I'm not going the YouTube 
YouTube way the way you know maybe you think I am. It's going to be raw. It's going to be low production value. It's I'm not looking to. This is my medium, the podcast, and um, <clears throat> even if it is YouTube, I do have a YouTube channel and there's videos up there. Some have over twenty thousand views, but. I am not ever going to be the cool set, the sick equipment. It sounds like that's the direction you want to go, and I think you absolutely should. That's your medium of choice, uh, and I think you'd be really, really good at it. Again, what you want to look for in anything, someone said, I think uh, I got this from Gary V or somebody, and he said, Tony, somebody said, Tony Robbins said, the key to happiness is progress, just getting better, seeing improvement little by little, no matter how uh, incremental it is, it's still improvement. And if you can make yourself, uh, put yourself in the direction of progress, that's all you can really ask for. Aside from uh, about you offering all this help to me, Ben, it's, it's, it's flattering. It's so flattering. I mean, I can't even describe. And at some point, I think we should get together, collaborate on something and do something together, uh, whether it's your channel, whether it's this podcast or both. But again, I'm definitely not looking to go in all in YouTube with the lighting and with the super, uh, you know, the super cameras and the, you know, the weekly show. What I want to do and put it on YouTube is continue to put my ship tours on there. I got a couple in the stun right now that need to go up. And uh, I want to do basically what my idea for YouTube and what my presence on YouTube will be is just basically an iPhone video of me kind of putting a fun, interesting spin on introducing people with the best cruise deals that are out there. That's the route I think I want to go. Uh, <clears throat> under no circumstances right now, am I going to have high tech, next level equipment? Um, and I appreciate you offering that um, and to help me with that and stuff like that. But the, the, it goes both ways. You know, whatever I could do to help you, uh, whatever we could do to kind of collaborate, I'm all down for that. And uh, especially now as we go into this next uh, this next level, this next phase of Always Be Booked, uh, it sounds like something we should definitely get together on. Ben, I got your number. I'm going to hit you up. We should talk and we absolutely will do something Uh you know, if we could find a time that's convenient for you, I'm into it. I appreciate it, Ben. And keep up the good work and keep on just looking for little bits of progress. That's all we can do. Moving on. Hey, Tommy, love the podcast. You posted asking about the best excursion we've ever been on. I would have to say that was in St. Martin. We booked the Beach Bum Combo through Shore Excursion Air. Shore Excursion Air. I'm not familiar with them. Uh, the excursion took us both to Orient Beach and Maho Beach, allowing us to spend a couple of hours at both. While it may seem like just a beach trip, our tour guide who made the trip so much our tour guide is who made the trip so much fun. Guys, I keep saying that the tour guides and the cab drivers in St. Martin. Don't I always say that? Uh, on the way to the first beach stop, he gave us the standard rundown of the island history, but was able to keep jokes mixed in to keep us interested. In between dr- beach drop-offs is where it really got interesting, though. Our tour guide broke out huge jugs of his famous rum punch. Now that's the tour guide you want, which was more rum than punch. He also offered free beer, sodas, water for the ride too. Maho, uh, for the free ride to Maho. We made it to Maho in time to see three big planes land and a couple take off. We had plenty of time to grab lunch at Sunset Beach Bar before boarding our bus back to the port. Once we were back to the bus, our tour guide mysteriously had another jug of his rum punch. That'd be no problems there. Needless to say, there were a few people that had trouble getting off the bus and walking when we got back to port. We couldn't have asked for a better tour guide and to have any more fun on any tour that could cost us $30 per person. And it ended up covering our drinks for a few hours. Keep up the good work and good luck on your move, Randy. Randy, well, first question I have is when it, when did this happen? Because I recently did a similar tour, you know what I mean? Kind of self-made. We just kind of grabbed a... Uh, 
cab driver slash tour. In St. Martin, the line between cabbie and tour is so thin. Um, the problem was in this one, I've been on several St. Martin tours and cab rides, and they are just like you describe them. But this one was different because of the wreckage and the carnage and the and the you know displaced animals and the uh, shredded up uh, metal structures and cars and just the d- damage and destruction that was St. Martin and it was sad to see. Orient Beach was a shell of its former self. I remember being at Orient Beach when it was packed and uh, tons of uh, places to get food and drinks and walk up bars on the beach and it was bustling yet still pristine and beautiful. When we went back this time there was one shack that was open for drinks and uh, just had a sad feel to it despite being one of the most beautiful places on earth uh, and Maho Beach was good. Maho Beach was packed, almost a little too packed but um, you know the, the way there we just didn't get the same upbeat vibe as we always normally did get and oh boy poor us first world problems our tour wasn't as fun so so that's not lost on me that, you know what, you're complaining about a tour that, you know, meanwhile, these people's way of life was changed for a long time. But I'm just kind of commenting to what I experienced my last time there. But what you just said, it, it, it what you just said kind of describes my St. Thomas runs a little bit, too. You just get it the right tour operator it sounds like if you like that it sounds like you should try my st thomas run and uh you know i'm not going to repeat it again because we've said it over and over again and you probably if you listen to the show you've probably heard it but uh it sounds like you'd love that but this is you know it's all about the right tour the right means of transportation the right people you're with and the right amount of rum in that punch uh, randy thank you so much for the email appreciate it and so glad so glad that you had fun in st martin and that sounds like an awesome awesome excursion and guys isn't there a theme sometimes that you realize that some of these excursions the best ones are pretty simple i could definitely say that all right moving on tommy our favorite excursion ever was seven years ago in grand cayman we were on the velour the carnival velour on our honeymoon and i wanted to do the stingray encounter during my research before the trip i found a company that would take us out to where the stingrays were and would take us snorkeling all for less than half the price if we just booked it through the cruise ship as promised when we got to the port, they were there waiting for us in a nice van with cool air. We were glad that we were the first in the van so we can get the seats closest to the driver so he could tell us about the Caymans while on the way to the marina. As it turned out, we were the only ones going by van, so we were able to get a four-star tour along the way. Uh, when we arrived to, at the marina, we boarded a 50-foot catamaran along with the van driver and his father the captain and no one else Uh, so this guy did it all we had the whole trip to ourselves on the way out to the see the stingrays we learned about living in the caymans and that they both had dual citizenships in the caymans and the u.s when we stopped we were in about waist deep water we could see the huge stingrays headed our way they were so big they looked like car hoods and there must have been well over 20 of them wow our guide had our guide had names for most of them and let us feed and pet them and i wonder if he made those names up as he went along that's a nice little touch if he did <laughs> i almost respect them more if he did than if those were their actual names and he could recognize them about 15 minutes two double decker bu- boats full of people pulled up about a football field away they had so many people it looked like they were unloading a clown car this was the most expensive ship this was the more expensive ship tour two of their guides came over to ours and asked if they could lure some of the stingrays by us over to their boat because they only had a couple over there with all the, they only had a couple over there with all those people oh the stingrays being the great tour operator that he was he told them hell no and they would just have to wait till we leave uh we got to stay as long as we wanted until we had pet and fed them all uh 
Next, we headed off to snorkel at a beautiful reef. Our guide took us to a spot and told us to follow him down the deep and follow him down deep and keep our eyes on the reef. He dove under and started smacking his hands, making noise near the reef. I know what's going to happen. Uh, after a couple of times watching and wondering what he was doing, we see the results. He was pissing off a huge eel. It shot out of the reef, and I thought for sure it was going to attack us, but it hid back in its hole just as fast and came out as we all had a good nervous laugh. While snorkeling, my wife pointed out a parrot fish to me. I thought you were going to get a, a, a nurse shark or something like that. Uh, she said it looked like it had a she said it looked like it had buck teeth. I guess parrotfish don't have a sense of humor because he swam right over and bit my wife on the leg with with his split lip buck teeth. She screamed and tried to crawl on my back to stay safe. Only It only left a small little red mark but on her skin. But if you ask her, she will say it took her leg off. <laughs> Probably seemed like it at the time, no? I mean, that's scary. You're in the water. Listen, when you're in the water and you're with those fish, you are, to make no mistake about it, you are the visitor. You are not in charge. They are. Uh, the last part of the trip was laying in the trampoline at the bow of the boat as they served us fruit and beers on the way back to Marina. We seen the cruise ship excursion boats again, and they gave them a parade-style wave as we slowly passed by. Ken from Michigan. Ken, that sounds awesome. And you know what, man? It just shows you sometimes you're going to get, sometimes it makes sense to go off the beaten path with the shore excursions, and sometimes it makes sense to stay with the cruise line. Sounds like this, uh, in this particular case, you had a great experience. Uh, in my particular case, it uh, was a little dicey in Jamaica, like I said. All right, moving on. Hey, Tommy, first of all, thank you so much for the podcast. It's definitely my favorite, and I love getting the alert that there is a new episode. The past spring break, I went on the NCL Dawn, leaving out of Tampa to the Western Caribbean with my best friend, and we went on two amazing excursions. The first is the one I've done in Cozumel a few times, the Cozumel Bar Hop. I want to say it's about $40. They pick you up in a minibus, drive you to the other side of the island where there is no electricity, everything runs off generators, and you go to four beautiful bars that are right on the beach. That sounds great. Each bar, you get a welcome shot, and then you stay for about 45 minutes in that time you can order more drinks or some food everything we've tried uh has been delicious as you're on the bus tour the guide babysitters slash babysitter i guess because you're all drinking so they need a babysitter makes sense gives you the history of the island and what it's like to live there at the end of the tour you stumble off the bus and right back onto the ship another port we hit was rotan i saw a post I saw a post Doug Parker made about Little French Key where you were brought to a little island off the coast with beautiful beaches, waitress service from your seats, $20 massages overlooking the water, and the opportunity to swim with a jaguar. Yeah, I saw that too. That picture freaked me out. Uh, when I saw Doug's picture, I knew I had to do it. And wow, see, Doug, see, Doug is an influencer. Uh, just from the one picture, she knew she had to do it. And I don't ever like, I don't even like animals <laughs> but i wanted the picture can't say that in this climate that you don't like animals the tour picks you up right at the pier and it's about a 20 minute ride to the little boat that takes you to the island off little french key i think it was like 85 dollars for the day at the beach and swimming for the swimming with the jaguar the facilities are absolutely beautiful there are chairs and hammocks all over the island and plenty of shade the swimming with the jaguar was pretty cool but it's less swimming and more posing uh, with the Jaguar with you to take pictures, which was perfect for me. They put the Jaguar in a few different positions and you take a bunch of pictures. Then they 
then your turn is over. The whole thing takes about five minutes. Everyone sees the picture and calls me crazy, but it really feels safe as you're doing it. Uh, it probably helps that the Jaguars probably on heroin. Uh, I'm attaching a few pictures so that you can see. I've been to a lot of islands and done a bunch of excursions, but I think those two may have been my favorite. I'm sailing to Bermuda this weekend on Escape, so who knows? Uh, I may have a new favorite by this time next week. Thank you for all you do, and good luck with the move and the business. I will be calling you for my next cruise. Now, that's what I'm talking about. Good news right there. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kristen. Uh, Kristen, great email, great excursions. Appreciate you calling me when you need the next cruise. You know I'll go to war for you. Uh, Tommy, oh, here's a, here's a, here's a hate mail. Hate mail alert, first one. Uh, Tommy, straw comment. Your Adolf Hitler, if you caught with a straw, did you have to use that analogy? Question mark. That's it. Sent from iPad. Uh, oh, that's from Barbara. Barbara's her name. I remember it because we had a back and forth. Now, Barbara, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm apologizing because of the back and forth. And I kind of maybe got a little defensive when I responded to you. And uh, I don't apologize for what I say. I do say I'm sorry that it bothered you. That's what I'll say. I, but I'm, I would use that analogy again. Um, again, it's not, you know, I get some people might be offended by it, but I just I'm not going to choose my words in areas where I don't think it's necessary. If you've seen Adolf Hitler, you've seen him in pop culture all the time. There are comedies, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, what is it? Larry David did a did a did a thing on him, and it was done for comedy. The Office is done for comedy. If you watch the Broadway show, the producers, uh, that's that's a comedy, and they they just put uh, Hitler in a buffoon like. Uh, position and they kind of like it's kind of like a, a, a they're making fun of him um, there's a, what else there was a movie that just came out on Netflix that was a comedy oh not on Netflix it was in the theaters it was a movie about Hitler was, a, was I think it was the Seth Rogen movie or something or was who was it who was that movie that recently came out about Hitler and the whole thing was a comedy now when I say Hitler I'm just grabbing for a throwaway line. I'm comparing. You, 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 I think everybody makes the mistake of getting mad when it comes around to them. If I would have said Mussolini, you probably wouldn't have been mad. If I would have said uh, acting like I'm Bin Laden, you probably wouldn't have been mad. But maybe there's a tie there. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I meant nothing by that. I just meant as a throw. All I could have just said. I could have just said. Um, you know, all of a sudden, if you have a straw, you're a really, really bad person. It doesn't really have the same snap on it or the same funniness or the same zing to it. I do I do feel bad if anybody was offended. But again, there's a chance that you might be offended if you listen to this show. Only because I say stuff and I don't necessarily watch my words as much. And it's not going to change. I realize that that will turn some people off. Um, there's just other podcasts you can listen to, I guess. You know what I mean? I never want to show disappreciation for audience members uh but it's, it's i don't know how to say it i really didn't mean anything by it Do, when you if you heard me say you know what that hitler not such a bad guy you know i think he was uh, misunderstood if you hear me say that be offended but if i use him as a throwaway line when i'm already saying he's a bad guy we all agree hitler was a bad guy and i'm saying all of a sudden now you use a straw and all of a sudden you're adolf hitler Man, if you're going to get offended by that, it's going to be a long road for you listening to this show. And I do apologize that you were upset. Um, but again, I'm just going to ask that, A, 
let's 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 have a little bit of the tougher skin and b if you don't if that's still going to offend you hopefully the good outweighs the bad and the non-offensive stuff outweighs the offensive stuff and you know what i have plenty of that i some of my favorite comedians have pissed me off to no end some of my favorite you know commentators whoever sports you know whether whatever views they have whatever things they say i i haven't liked all of it but you know what Uh, so what that's the way they feel they're just trying to be funny or you know measure the intent you know what i mean just measure the intent is all i'll say and barbara I hope you continue to listen, and we had a back and forth, and I'm going to say to it, I'm being a lot lot more, I guess, uh, I guess I was not hostile, but I was like a little bit more like um, on the defense when I emailed you back and forth, but how I really feel is how I really feel. I feel like I didn't say anything that bad. I just made a comparison to a bad guy, acknowledging he's a bad guy, and, uh, you know, it's going to happen. It's going to happen sometimes, so... um, all right, that's all that really is to be said about that. Um, all right, moving on. I have been on 23 cruises, so I've done just about every type of excursion you can think of. My favorite one is easily Explore Park in Cozumel, which is offered by Royal Caribbean. If you're an adrenaline junkie, it's a must-do. I think it's 14 zip lines, and several of them land in water. You also have a dune buggy type of ride, plus a man-made cave you can swim in, as well as hammock ride that lands in the water. Um They also have a lunch that was better than any of the free options on the Harmony. I forget the price of the photo package they sold, but it wasn't much and was good for everyone in my party. It was a once in a lifetime opportunity, um, I'm sorry, excursion, and it was easily worth the $150. Brandon. Brandon, I've looked at that. There's twice I almost pulled the trigger on Explore Park. yeah, it was just a matter of nobody else really wanting to do it, I guess. You know what I mean? In my crew, if I said, if I threw it out there, everybody, like, yeah, you know, it looks okay. I would do it if somebody said, let's jump on that thing. Well, you know, I'll be back in Cozumel. Who knows? Maybe I will do it. It sounds awesome. They certainly put a lot of video production together that make it look really awesome. Um, and it sounds, like I said, if you're an adrenaline junkie, which I'm not necessarily, I'm more of like, a, all right, let's drum up the courage to do like a crazy zip line, maybe like uh, to cross off the bucket list. I don't know. There were how many zip lines? 14 zip lines? That takes your one in a million chance of dying on a zip line and multiplies it by 14. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I'm sure it's good, and uh, I'm sure one day I'll end up there. Uh, Brandon, thank you so much. Um, well, that's about it. Again, like I said, always say, uh, please follow me on uh, Instagram. Please check out the Always Be Both Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook. Just join, and we'll let you right in. The community is growing, and... Uh, It's getting bigger and better. Uh, Subscribe to the channel if you don't mind. Uh, You can hear it on Spotify, but if you can subscribe and review it on iTunes, that helps out a lot. Uh, Most importantly, share it with a friend. And if you'd like to, oh, by the way, with the Patreon account, by the way, we're at 35. We had a couple of drop-offs, which I understand, no problem. I said if we get to 50, we are going to plan a group cruise. We're way over the hump, and we're way more than halfway there. We've got 15 left, and I would love if we got those 15 subscribers, $5 a month, extra show a week, and we will announce the first ever Always Be Booked group cruise. But that is about it. Man, I, try, I told myself, too, we're going to keep this shorter, and uh, it's hard for me to do short podcasts. I don't know what to tell you. Thanks, Cones. We will talk to you next time. Boat drinks. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away a little your big problems. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop the music. Stop the music. 
Um, so you, I don't know. Sometimes I do these podcasts in one run. Sometimes I break it up into a couple. This time I did it in two separate runs. And uh, we talked in the beginning of the show about me, you know, the reasons why I'm not going to go on the Carnival Horizon, uh, this cruise that's coming up on Saturday uh, that I was offered that really, really good deal on. Now, it's like I said, it's been a few hours. And let's let let's 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 put it together, Cones. Let's let's do some math here. Do you really think in your heart that I'm going to be offered an eight day cruise for a total of three hundred and fifty dollars to Aruba, Curacao, Dominican Republic, and Grand Turk, and not take it? Cones, we called up Carnival and we booked the cruise, so we are going. Must the stations this Saturday. We can't wait to tell you all about it. Oh, don't you dare look back, just keep your eyes on me. I said you're holding back. She said, shut up and dance with me this woman. 